0: Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Today on the Determined Mom Show, we have the amazing Uma Alexandra Bipat, and she is the owner of Lotus Wellness Center. Welcome, Uma. Hi, welcome. Thank you.
1: I'm like welcome. Thank you Amanda for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're so excited to have you here. And I would love to get started with you telling the audience about your, you know, your story, how you got started. You know, you obviously have a very large wellness center. I think you said you have about 20 employees, so that is amazing and that in itself is, you know, an accomplishment, but you have so many other things that you've accomplished and you have Kind of a very interesting story, um, as you know, for how you got there. And I'd love for you to share that with everyone. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me.
1: Um, yeah. Hi, guys. My name is Uma, and I own Lotus Wellness Center in Northern Virginia. It is a metaphysical wellness center. So we do everything from what people know about, like massages, reflexology, Reiki, to more intuitive things like tarot access bars, hypnosis, past life regression. So we do kind of like a a wide gamut of things at the center. And it it didn't start as a center, I have to say. It's interesting because I didn't expect this for my life. I think like a lot of moms, you're just kind of going through life and just trying to do what you do. And then things just kind of happen. So I have a master's in healthcare management, and I was working in the hospital medical healthcare field industry for a long time. And at the time I was married, I'm no longer married, and my husband and I moved from Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida, where we live, to Virginia, because his parents lived here and they were getting older and he wanted to be closer to them. So when we moved to Virginia, I had two little boys under the age of five. Um, My husband and I were newly married and we were just experiencing what a lot of new couples experience, a lot of stress with having two babies being newly married, moving, relocating, it, it was a lot. So we yeah. grew apart in our relationship. And one of the things that started coming up for me was, wow, I really need to figure out a way to stand on my own two feet. Because I had this sense that, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom and I had the sense that if anything was to happen, and at the time I didn't feel like anything was going to happen, but I, fi- I figured if anything was going to happen, I need to be standing on my own two feet to take mm-hmm. care of these kids, you know? Yeah. Um, And that was kind of like, honestly, what started my journey. So I put it out to Spirit and I said, okay, I don't want to go back into healthcare. That's a whole other story within itself. And I said, what can I do? I do like helping people. I like helping people and I like people healing, right? Because that's why I was attracted to the healthcare system in the first place. So one of the things is, guys, is I'm a psychic and a medium. So I talk to Spirit like everybody talks to their best friend every day. It's just a natural occurrence for me. And as I was talking to Spirit in my way, I said, you know, what can I do? And a couple days later, it was put on me to go through some old boxes. And I did. And in it, I found a grant. I had received a scholarship. Now, when I graduated college, I spent a year volunteering with what is used to be called AmeriCorps. It was the sister program to Peace Corps. Some of you might remember. And I was volunteering by testing people for HIV in inner city Philadelphia. And I had to do sex education for sex workers. I had to do sex education for LGBTQ community. So you don't get paid in doing volunteer service. You get a stipend. And then at the end, you get a scholarship. So I had a scholarship for $10,000. But guess what? It was going to expire. Oh, wow. The same year I found it, it was going to expire, 2008. And this was a couple days before my 30th birthday. So I said, okay, I clearly am supposed to go back to school, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, any. Person would think that, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. What What can I go back to school for? I have been out of the workforce for a bit. I have two small kids. My husband's busy, you know, building his career. What can I do? And I saw three signs about massage school. Like one was an ad on TV. One was a mailer, and then just talking to a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, you have really caring hands. You should become a massage therapist. And that's pretty much what happened. Um, I went to school for massage therapy. The scholarship covered the whole thing. And it was on the weekends. So I didn't have to hire a babysitter or anything. It's, just, it's like spirit just worked it all out for me to go. And I spent the year. Um, and I remember thinking this was significant because my first class was on my 30th birthday on January 19, 2008. And I said, okay, there must be something here. But yet again, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was going to be. So that's the start. And it went from me working in a one room in my house, to the the whole basement of my house to finally the center that it is now. And that's taken place over the course of 10 years.
0: Wow. That's an amazing story. And (laughs) the thing that I love the most about that is I'm a big believer in manifestation and putting things, putting your intentions out there and then just waiting for, you know, that answer to come to you. And I think that is such a powerful story. I've done it many times myself and I love that it was just so crystal clear and that it just came and it just unfolded and happened for you. I think, I think that's a, just so powerful. So I have the chills right now.
1: Yeah. And and what I tell people is because I work with mentoring and helping students, you know, who want to create more spirituality in their lives. And a lot of times I see people forcing things Mm -hmm. and I've never had to force a thing. You know, and as as you guys will find out, I'm an author. I have certifications in over 40 modalities. I've worked on close to 10,000 people. You know, I'm a speaker. I'm a writer. I'm I'm all these things. But it I've never had to force anything. It was just me following, following the directions that was coming to me. And that's kind of how um, we were talking, Amanda, about how I raised my kids. Mm-hmm. Because like most moms, we have no idea what to do when we have a child, especially when we're younger moms. I was in my 20s, you know, when I, when I had my kids and money wasn't there and, you know, even stability in relationship wasn't there. So it was like, what am I supposed to do with these two little beings? Yeah. And that's how,
0: for me, conscious parenting came about. So tell us more about conscious parenting and what that means to you and and how we as moms can... Kind of shift what we're doing into you know being more conscious while we're parenting that's a great question so i am going
1: to first start by saying i'm not an expert on conscious parenting Um, and i i believe the term conscious parenting is a wide umbrella for a lot of people that are just choosing to to do things differently so for instance at the at the lower scale of it you'll have people that just don't punish their kids by smacking them anymore Right. And at the higher end, you'll have parents who are, um, you know, their children are completely vegan and wear vegan clothing or, or, you know, like just completely, completely um, taking care of their children in the conscious way. There's no right or wrong to it. It's just really finding the spot that works for you. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, the way to start with conscious parenting is realizing that this is another being having an experience as well. So first thing is that our children are not here to follow our schedule. They're just, they're not. They're here. They were born. Think about if you went on this all expense, you know, paid trip to Fiji, right? Or Bali. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go. It's so exciting. And then you get there and then you get stuck with this tour guide and they have their own agenda about what you need to do. Mm Mm-hmm it doesn't make for a pleasant experience, right? Right. So that's the first thing about the, the first concept of understanding conscious parenting is like looking at your child and saying, okay, how can I help you? What are you here to do? What's going on for you? The very first thing I did for my children was I did soul plan readings on both of them. And a soul plan reading for me is just, um, I, I did like a mix of numerology and astrology using their birth chart details and tried to figure out why they're here. And then when they got older, because my children now are 11 and 13, I started to talk to them about what it means that they have this life path, what it means that they have this sun sign. So I'm educating them and then they would say, Oh, that sounds right. That that makes sense. I do like that. So yeah. it gives them an understanding of why they act the way they act. Because I don't know if you guys have this happen in your house, but for me, my two children are night and day. <laughs> They're completely different. Yeah. Or if you have three or more, right? Like they just have their own little personalities. Yes. Yeah. So as a conscious parent, what you're trying to do is create this experience that is amicable to both parties meaning you, the parent, and then the children, and that you all can express your individuality and express the
0: way you want to live your life together. That sounds amazing. And I really hope I can figure out how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I have this, you know, that innate desire to always want what's best for my kids, which every mother does. And I just, sometimes I don't feel like I know how to express it or maybe execute it. I think that's the best way to put it like how do you execute that wanting what's best for them and just guiding them and not bossing them around?
1: It's a fine line for sure. So yeah. we have, we do have rules from my household and conscious parenting. So it's not just like, well, you could do whatever you want, go fly off the roof, you know, it's <laughs> right. There's, there's that's free range
0: parenting, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
1: just go do what you want to do. And I'm like, um, No. Okay. So what it is, is that for me, I do have rules. So one of the rules is, is if we go to a grocery store, if you want something, you ask me for it. And if I can't get it for you, that's it. That's the end of the situation because I'm the one with the money. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my children were going through the terrible twos and Nathan was acting up because he wanted a a cereal. And at the time, like I said, young mom didn't have a lot of money on me. You got to pick and choose what you can get. I couldn't get him the cereal and he started crying and doing that whole like standing in the aisle meltdown. I looked at him. I left the cart. I grabbed his hand and I walked back to the car. I put him and his little brother in the car. I drove home without the groceries. Yeah. And he was terrified (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because it's like, I I I didn't expect this. Like that's, that's where they go. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then later that night, you know, I gave him the dinner he really didn't want to have, which was just all vegetables, you
0: know? <laughs> like and then here. Was,
1: Yeah. And then when he was complaining about it, well, mommy went to the grocery store today to buy hot dogs and chicken nuggets, but we don't have that in the house anymore. So you're going to have to eat your vegetables. And that That's put an funny. end to it, you know? So the thing is, it's like, you do have your parameters. But the one thing I noticed with parents is that we don't stand... By what we say. And you have to, you have to stand by what you say, because then, um, and you can't blame kids like, well, kids are going to be kids. It's adults too. If you, if you have somebody that you could take advantage of and you keep taking advantage of them and they don't put up a boundary, you're going to keep taking advantage of them. People don't like doing it, but it's, hey, it's easy. It's free, right? That's the thing with how you can start it is whatever you say, you follow through with it but yeah. you have to be willing to adjust your life clearly and i don't think it's going to go on forever i mean of course when my children were little that we had to do that a lot especially yeah. when it came time to bedtime and all those things yeah and we really had to affect my own personal life to try to get them into a place to understand that we have rules in this house but now it's like it's great you know i was telling you amanda earlier that they're 11 and 13 i actually don't wake up with my kids because i tend to work some late nights So they wake up in the morning, they make their beds, they brush their teeth, they get dressed, they go down, they make their own breakfasts, they know how to cook. And after they make the breakfast, they unload the dishwasher, load the dishwasher, clean up the kitchen, take out the trash, do their own laundry, walk out. But it it took a lot of years of the crying, the screaming, the arguing for them to get to this place where the place that we're at now is, it's the three of us in this house, because I'm a single mom, And mommy works a lot of hours so that we can take vacation. That's the way I tell them, you know, I work a lot like we're going on vacation today and I work very hard. So you can have all the food you want to eat and you can have the clothes you want to wear. So you're going to have to help me in the house because I can't do it all by myself because then I'll get sick.
0: Yeah. That's a great way to to explain it to them. I've been trying to instill that in our children. Of course, they're way younger than yours, but it's, you know, it's an everyday process and I think, I'm glad that you said that it took you, you know, going through all those things to get there because some days you feel like, at least for me, you feel like, oh my goodness, is this, are they ever going to like get it? Like, you know, like I was, I was doing a Facebook live last night and they were supposed to be entertaining their younger sister and um, they were not. I come downstairs and um, well, She came up three times during the Facebook live, but then my, I went downstairs, there was green paint on the carpet. There was dirt all over, like actual dirt from a plant all over the the counter. And I was like, what is going on? And like, why did you not clean it up after you made these messes? And so then, yeah, it's just like, I had one of those moments last night where I'm like, are they ever going to get it? Please tell me. (laughs) And you know, honestly, that's another point
1: in conscious parenting is being okay that you're going to, you're going to lose it. You know, I don't want people to think I'm like this fairy godmother with my kids. They have heard me yell and scream and curse. You know, I'm a known sailor in my time and I have used curse words and screamed and stuff around them. But then at the end of it, when we were going through whatever we were going through, I would go and I would apologize to them because like I said, they're their own beings. So it's not like you, I don't think conscious parenting ever is, it's like you have to be this picture perfect role model in front of them. It's treating them like another being. So if you mess up with a friend, you're going to call them and say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. Same thing with your kids. If you mess up, you pull them aside. And I remember that because it was, um, I think Nathan had clogged the toilet (laughs) and it was just blowing (laughs) everywhere. And it was one, you know, clogging a toilet's not bad. But then when it was like, we were running out trying to get to school, I had an interview. It was just like everything just on top of it. Yeah. I lost it. And there was like F-bombs coming out everywhere. F, 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 right? Yeah. He got scared noticeably. And then when the whole thing was done and resolved, after they came home from school, after I came home from work, we sat down, we talked about it, you know, and, and they were okay with it because I said, mommy messed up. Mommy said a lot of bad curse words today. And I'm sorry, I'm working on that. And and they're like, no, it's okay, mommy. I would do the same thing too. If I was an adult and my toilet was clogged. And you
0: know, <laughs> oh, that's so Yeah. Sweet.
1: yeah. So it's, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're, we're moms, we're going to have those bad days. And the most important thing in conscious parenting is not judging yourself for having a bad day. I'm so thankful for having a friend when I was, when they were very, very small, like those terrible twos, you know, crazy threes. And she also had kids the same age and you have to have real friends, not like the miss June Cleaver friends. Like you have to have real friends. Because I remember we're having a conversation one day. Her kids are running amok, mine were doing God knows what. And I, and then she said to me, you know, I can understand why some people, you know, kill their kids. Mm-hmm. But we just started laughing because it was just <laughs> like, you know, you're just in that point where you're like, oh, I know. You know,
0: yeah. it's and- I, I agree with you, and I think that there's a lot of moms out there that put on. Um, like a facade and they don't want to admit that they struggle and they don't want to admit that they have like feelings of rage, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, when their kids are doing like crazy things. I'm the first one to admit it. And I only have, well, I have a few friends, but it's very hard to make those friends. Um, because, Unless something happens and you're all like, oh my god, you know, in a group setting, like you don't know who those people are, like you know, it's just it's just difficult to make those kind of friends. But I 100% agree with you that we need those. I'm no longer friends with them because, just like
1: you correctly, accurately pointed out, you know, people come into your life for a season, Mm -hmm. and I needed her at that moment when our kids were that age. And then what happened was my kids started growing up, hers started growing up, hers were still acting out mine found the narrow lane, you know, thank God they made it out of of all those crazy emotions and whatnot. And then it was hard for us to relate anymore, because she was still, you know, going into what they did and this and that, but I I didn't have anything to complain about. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Um, Because my kids were doing well. So then we just kind of naturally drifted apart. So that's a really good point you're bringing up, Amanda, because I think that's true that we have to be okay with we're going to meet people that we need to be in our lives where we're at. And then after a
0: while, we have to just move
1: out from it and say, all right, I'm ready for something more.
0: Yeah. And I think I think life is a constant evolution. I'm always one of those people that I, I'll be really close with people for a period of time and then it'll just slowly drift apart. And I'm totally okay with that. And I'm totally okay with like reconnecting with them when the mood or the, the memory or the whatever strikes. But I don't feel like I need to hang on to that connection because yeah. it's not... Uh, serving either one of us. Yeah. Know.
1: Yeah. It, it totally, it ends, you know, yeah. um, one of the biggest things that people struggle with that I see in my field and spiritual circles is saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, um, we do, we need to say goodbye because when you think about it, we're not born with anyone and we're certainly not going to die with anyone. Even if you make it to death with your husband, he's not going to climb in that grave with you. Yeah. You know? So you really are here for your experience. And when you start to look at life from that way, then you become more of a conscious parent because you're realizing my whole life is not about my kids or my husband or my partner or my job. It's about me. And am I enjoying this experience that I'm having, having? That's a great point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope everyone's listening, (laughs) but I'm sure they are. Um, But yeah, that is an amazing, amazing point. And I hope it really helps, um, you know, bring clarity to people's lives. So, what other tips do you have about um, conscious parenting? Okay. Um, one of the things I would tell another thing I would tell people is to
1: not look at your kids as kids. And that might be a little bit bold for some, but let me explain. I get a lot of uh, clients at my center that bring their children to see me. Cause if the children are acting out uh, and they're seeing psychiatrists and psychotherapists and they're still acting out, they bring them to me and then they, I always get these emails afterwards. You fixed her, you changed him and the thing is, is I don't feel I did any of that. I think a lot of kids don't get heard, you know, and that's why they're lashing out and they're acting out. So when I, I'm around children, mine and other people's children, I don't look at them as kids, right? I'm only seeing them as a being. For some people, might, they might say, I'm seeing them as an adult. So I'm going to talk to them like an adult, like, okay, how, how is this affecting you? Like, what's going on? Tell me what's happening. And then we just have a real honest conversation. Um, usually they start out with the parents in the room. Then after they're like, I don't want mom and dad here because I, I want to talk about some stuff. Like I really want to talk about some stuff that nobody wants to hear me because I look so cute or I still have my baby cheeks or they don't realize I have feelings and I have these thoughts. Yes. So they talk about me, you know, they talk about things with me and some of it is, you know, of course, if anything's ever really disturbing, I would tell the parents, right? Because right. it's guardian matter. But most of it is really not at all that bad. It's really having to do with peer pressure. It's having to do with trying to fit in. It's trying to it's having to do with the pressure of trying to perform well in school, and they just feel like their parents aren't hearing them, you know, because it's like, if Mom wants me to go to soccer practice, I, I stopped loving soccer two years ago. Well why don't you tell Mom? No, because you know, she makes these cookies and then there's like these after parties and I'm like, What? Is this yeah. for you or for her? Yeah. And am like, yeah, it's more it looks like it's more for her. She has her friends there, they get on their phones, they do this Snapchat thing, you know. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, wow, okay. And and you have to be okay with that because my child, you know, they've tried karate and soccer and baseball. They'll do it for a season and they're like, Yeah, I'm done. I don't want to do it again. I'm like, okay, you know, but we can't tie what we want for our kids to our kids. Yeah. Yeah, And you have to be really firm about that because there are some parents that I've noticed that would say to the kids, well, you could do whatever, you know, whatever you want. If if you don't want to play football, you don't have to play football. But then the, the mom or the dad is an avid football fan. They wear like football jerseys. The whole house is covered in football gear. That's a lot of pressure for a kid. Yeah. You know, and then they would be like, well, I would let mom and dad down. So even though they're saying I can quit, part of me knows I can't quit. So I'm just not going to quit. Yes. And then that creates pressure. So uh, yeah, another point I would say is treat your children like beings, not like they're your children or kids or a lower form. Treat them like beings that are here on this planet. They're tourists, if you will, they're visiting and you want to make them comfortable and you want to know like, okay, how can I help you? Are you, do you like your room? You know, I never even asked that. I painted this room without your, your permission. Do you like burgundy? Actually, no, I'd really like a yellow. Yeah. Just try to find out what's what's happening and then just go from there. That's a
0: great point as well. <laughs> You're <laughs> completely full of these great points. <laughs> Enlightening moments here. I definitely agree about, um, you know, the kids and activities and things like that. I I see it. Um In any activity that we have our kids in, you can tell (laughs) immediately who the kids are that are just there because their mom (laughs) wants them there or their dad wants them there. It's just never good.
1: It's not good. And the thing is, is because people get tied up with, well, how are they going to learn how to be successful in life? In conscious parenting, the focus is not on success in life. It's on inner peace. You know, so if you want your child to grow up having peace within themselves, whether they are working at McDonald's or working at a Fortune 500 company, they're the best doctor or they're the best car washer. What I think we all want for our children is to be happy. So even though, yes, I have a successful business and it's thriving and everything else, I never say to my kids, you have to take this over, you have to do this, you have to create all of this stuff they've wanted because I've never pushed it on them. They've wanted to learn tarot and learn yoga and learn how to meditate. So it's nicer when they come to you and say, these are things I'm interested in, instead of pushing it. So I would say another thing about conscious parenting is not focusing on the perceived
0: success of people, but more focusing on are they happy? Inner peace is a huge, huge part of that. And it makes sense. I mean, said earlier, like all of us you know, just want our kids to be happy, I think. (laughs) and At the end of the day, right? Yeah, it's just that motherly instinct and sometimes not knowing how to get them there can be the scariest part of being a mom, I think, for me anyway.
1: I think there's always an underlying fear with moms that when I die, what's going to happen to my kid? And that's why it's so important to make them responsible now. That's why my children know how to cook. They may not know how to cook five-star meals, but they know how to open a tin and warm it up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if, yeah. you know, push yeah, comes yeah. to shove, um, they know how to make their bed, how to do laundry. They know even how to pay a bill because they have a bank account and they've learned, you know, the money side of things. So I think it's so important for people to really, instead of, I would rather my kids go spend a Saturday learning things like this from me than going out to like, say, play soccer or basketball or football, thinking that's the route mm-hmm. because really and truly, I just want them to be able to stand on their own two feet. And if moms can really address that interfere that I really am at the end of it. It's not that I'm pushing my kids too hard. It's not that I'm being a helicopter mom for fun. It's my biggest fear is when I die, what's going to happen to my kids? If you can really look that beast in the
0: face, it will release because it holds a lot of fear over people. Yeah, and prepare for it daily, like you said, just in your daily rituals and things. What do you do with your children to, I mean, you said they have bank accounts and things like that. Are there other things that you do to prepare them in your daily routine or? Yeah,
1: yeah, we do. um, We do meditation, yoga, Reiki, self-Reiki, tower readings on ourselves in the morning. You know, we used to do them together, like all of us in the same room. But now we've gone to our different rooms because Joshua, my 11-year-old, he's more focused on the psychic. He loves psychic stuff. Mm -hmm. Nathan more loves the energy healing stuff, the Reiki. They both love yoga, so they know to get up in the morning and do their. I call it Merry mornings, M E R R Y, because in the morning I get up, I do meditation. I exercise, which is not a lot. Like, don't think I'm out there running marathon. It's like a 15, 20-minute brisk walk on my treadmill. Yeah. It's just to get my body moving, really. Yeah, um, I do my own reading on myself because I do a daily reading on my YouTube channel, free for everyone who wants a daily reading. Yeah, so I do a daily reading for myself. I do Reiki, which is energy healing on myself, and then I do yoga. And that to me is what is the basis of conscious parenting. You know, you can't be a conscious parent to someone else if you yourself don't have your own consciousness addressed. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard to pour from an empty cup. And when I do my merry mornings, this is why my kids have been trained to make sure they get up, they get their breakfast, because if I'm trying to get up and run and get breakfast and get them out to school, then I'm cutting into my private time to do that morning routine. And yeah. they know, like, if they see me, if my door's open and they see me meditating, they know to be quiet. You know, they know like, okay, she's, she's in her meditative state. So yeah, that's a big thing for you to do any of this stuff um, to make these better decisions and better choices for you and the kids. You've got to be in a place of calm and inner peace. And honestly, that only comes with some form of spiritual practice. It doesn't matter how, you know, I have Christian friends who don't do meditation and yoga. They like to get up in the morning, get a cup of coffee, read their Bible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's fine. You know, it's just, it's whatever, you know, everybody has a different, I have Muslim friends who get up and do their fi- you know, one of their five prayers early in the morning. That's fine. It's just, you have to have something though that yeah, anchors totally. you, yeah, to who you are and your God source, and then you can go out in the world and then be a better person. That's
0: a very great point as well. Now. Question for you: mm-hmm. I get up. At, I have to get up at four thirty in order to do my meditation and just be alone. Yeah, <laughs> when did yeah. the kids leave you alone? <laughs> when what when age? they're older. <laughs> when okay. they were older. Um, <laughs> like, because mine do not leave me alone, so I can't do that when they're awake.
1: Yeah, yeah. When they were little, of course, I would meditate during their nap times.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So I couldn't get up in early in the morning because really the most important thing for new moms or young moms and I'm I'm take, I'm talking about like moms who have kids younger than 5. So before they go to preschool, kindergarten, they're just like home all the time. Don't worry about your morning meditation. You're probably not going to get it. The most important thing for young moms is sleep.
0: Yeah. It's
1: sleep because you need to have deep sleep so your body can rejuvenate, it can refresh so that you can start the next day, you know? So if you have an hour they're napping, and you can do the dishes or you can take a nap, nap. And that's what I would do. When they napped, I napped. When they were going, I was going. And then when they went off to school was when I really started my meditation, my yoga practice again, because I was already trained in it, but I just couldn't get it going until they went to school. Yeah. So, and again, remember, don't be hard on yourself because yeah. <laughs> that would just not work out well. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure that's like the hardest thing for moms is to not be hard on themselves. Yeah. Because we yeah. are our own worst critics. We, we want to be as perfect as the mom that we saw at the dance practice or whatever. And that mom doesn't have it together either, but she just pretends like she does. So
1: <laughs> I know I, I got, I fell in love with, um, what was it? Pretty Little Lies that we're showing on HBO. Yes, I love that you know? show. Yeah. Cause you have like that, you know, the really got it together mom. And then the rest of the moms were just messy. Yeah, and they were like, but they they enjoyed their messiness. They're like, yeah, I'm not gonna be her, Susie Homemaker. So I'm yeah. not even gonna try, you know. Right. And I, I think I I see a lot of moms coming around with that. Like, can you imagine what it was like living in the 1950s or 1960s when all the moms were Susie Homemakers? No, you know, I I think that's why we we started drinking so much and doing drugs <laughs> because it was like, it was it was hard to live up to. You yeah, know? but now what I've noticed the shift in humanity is that one. We don't have to live up to that anymore. Nobody's trying to keep up with Joneses anymore. And then two, we actually have spouses and partners, whether you're divorced and remarried or divorced with a partner or you're married, we have partners that are contributing. Yeah. You know, Back in the day, it really was a man's world. But now you see husbands, partners saying, you know what? I'll take the trash out. You know what? I'll do the dishes. You know what? I'll bathe the kids. You go take a nap. So you do, you see men stepping up to the plate, and I think we need to give them a shout out too for all the men who do step up to the plate because they don't get acknowledged as much.
0: Yeah, you're right, they don't. And I think, I think our generation of men have definitely kind of said, I want to be a different kind of father than my father was. Yeah. Um, and, and instead of being like back and kind of in the background and you know, not really participating fully in the kids and the raising of the kids and those kind of things they've, as I can see from all of my friends and my husband and, and all of the the fathers I know of our generation, they definitely say, you know, I want to be active and I want my kids to be raised in this way and I want to give them these values. And so I think that's a really just amazing thing for our generation of men.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think, you know, the the whole movement towards conscious parenting, free range parenting, it's a good show that we all want to be better than what we were exposed to and what's for some of us, because some of us had happy childhoods, but for most of us we didn't. We didn't have, you know, parents that were locked and loaded and were really hundred percent emotionally there and all that kind of stuff. But for I think the majority of parents now you know, us outside of the ones you see from the news, right? Yeah, The majority of us are really trying our best. And I think we need like just a congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, I agree. So congratulations, everyone, and your husbands. And so if you're listening to this and you are married to someone that is very supportive of you, whether it's a woman, a man, uh, whoever, yeah, definitely thank them today. And after we get done recording this, I will be thanking my husband because he's actually watching our baby right now. So keeping her at bay. (laughs) That's a big thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's huge. So let's talk about punishment. You had touched on that a little bit earlier about not, not doing the physical punishment, but what is the conscious parenting way to punish a child or to discipline or to whatever? Yeah. For me,
1: what it is, is I like to talk to my kids because I remember growing up when I got punished. Even though my parents were trying to punish me for a bad thing that I did, I always ended up feeling like a bad person. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I never wanted my kids to feel like that, like they're bad people. So if my son threw paint on the wall and we have to clean it up, of course, he's going to clean it up. I'm going to watch him clean it up. And then we're going to have a talk about it. Why did you throw the paint on the wall? I don't know. No, seriously. Like You must have known on some level that I wasn't going to be happy about that. No, I didn't really think about it. Like we just have a talk, you know, and then I said, I tend to say to my kids, well, you're not a bad person, but what you did was a bad thing. Right? Mm-hmm. So I have to create some sort of discipline because we have rules in this house. And one of the rules is, is that we keep the, the home that we live in tidy and neat and clean so we can all enjoy it. So you did something that broke one of the rules and there has to be some sort of action for that. But what I do is, is I don't put the, the punishment on them, I asked them to come up with a way to punish themselves. (laughs) And it's hilarious because they always go harder than I would go. Yeah.
0: But they don't, do they know
1: that? Curious? No, Okay. (laughs) they don't. They do because, um, like one time we have a rule, you know, no, uh, after 8 PM, no electronics, you know, so no games, no phones after 8 PM. And I was passing by Nathan's room and the door was, closed and I said wait a minute let me look at this so I looked at the at the closed door and I opened it and he was playing on his phone and immediately this kid he felt so bad and you can see it. and you know you as a mom you feel so bad your kid feels so bad because really and truly I mean what what are you going to do right so I took his phone from him and I said, what's the rule, Nathan?" And he said, no electronics after 8 p.m. And I said, okay. So we talked about it, like how we, I told you guys, I, t- I talked about it with him. And then I said, okay, so there's there has to be some sort of discipline for this. What would you like me to do? He said, I don't know, take away my phone for a month. And I'm like, wow, okay, that's, <laughs> that seems excessive. But I was like, okay. Yeah. And I did. And then, you know, the funny thing was his consciousness was just on him so he was crying and then he came like 10 minutes later He came to my room and he brought all his electronics you know like all the game handheld game the big game the tv everything and he just keep it keep it for two weeks i i don't need it for two weeks you know and when i come home i'm just going to do homework and go to bed and he was like laying it on and i was like wow okay um you know so that's how we handle punishments in the house now I don't really, really let it go on for the whole time. You know, if he wants his phone to be taken away for a month, I'm not going to do that. You know, by the end of the weekend or something, if he's going somewhere and I need his phone on him, I'll say, okay, I think you did really good this week. So I'm going to give you back your phone. And that's a good thing to do to me, in my opinion, because you're showing kids that good behavior can be rewarded, you know? So like if you really are committed and you're doing the right thing, for this, for us and for the household, then I'm, I have no problem breaking this rule because you don't want them growing up thinking like rules are static, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I can break this rule and say, well, you did really good this week. You were very helpful with your brother. You were very helpful in the house. So I'm going to give you your phone back. And then just one by one, I started giving him things back, you know, with the last thing being the, the game thingy, whatever they play, the handheld. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I deal with it. And that to me is, is um, a form of conscious parroting a lot of people in conscious parenting don't believe in hitting kids. And I know a lot of us grew up being, you know, being smacked or spanked or hit and we didn't like it. Right. So it's like, if we didn't like it, why would we do it? The reason why we do it is because again, we're not living consciously ourselves because if we didn't have the time to get up and do our, you know, our routine and we're tired and then they add another load on top of the 20 load that we're currently carrying, you're going to lose it. You're going to flip and you're going to spank them. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just to me why it's so important to have consciousness attached to everything that we do so that we can stay in the zone of harmony and peace.
0: That's um, an amazing uh, way to put it. And I think an amazing way to discipline by allowing the child to choose that punishment. I think I'm going to try that this week. Yeah. <laughs> How it goes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then if they try to say, okay, well, you know, you should give me ice cream. You know, yeah. And you can say, well, does that really sound like discipline? If someone took your doll and broke your doll, would you want them to have ice cream? Yeah. You know, like you try to find it so that they can understand it, you know, um, especially with younger, younger children who don't have that cognitive there yet. Mm-hmm. So if they broke something of yours, you would put it back into if I took your doll and broke your doll, you know, what would you would you want to give me ice cream? Yeah. You know, if I if I drew on the wall in your room, would you want me to go to bed whenever I want you
0: know yeah I think I can see my um my middle daughter coming up with some creative punishments like that (laughs) the other one I think would be like I don't deserve anything you know like (laughs) I just know their personalities like you said they're so different so I'm definitely going to try it and I will report back and let you know how it goes (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm looking forward to it I want to see what happens when you
0: do it yeah, I'm going to tell you what their punishments are. My uh, younger daughter, or my middle daughter, told me this morning that the reason why she only wears her hair in a ponytail is because if robbers or bad people come up, she can hit them with it. <laughs> like, who comes up with that stuff? So that's why I'm thinking she's going to come up with something pretty off the wall for a punishment. <laughs> And then you can
1: Facebook about it because I've Facebooked a lot about these chats that we have in this household because it's, it's that
0: own little being having her own little experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what about um, if your kids see you, you know, making a mistake in like, let's say, I don't know, you kind of touched on this earlier when you were talking about um, cursing and, you know, that kind
1: of thing. thing, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, because I, I was telling Amanda, guys,
1: that I still drink diet soda. Um, it's my one vice. It's one my one addiction. And my children aren't allowed to drink soda. They've never had soda since they were babies to now. They're 11 and 13. They've never had soda. And when they were smaller, when I think Joshua and Nate were about six and eight, um, I think Joshua asked me, well, how come you can have soda and I can't have soda? And I said, because I'm an adult. And when you're an adult and you're out of this house and you're 18 and you go wherever you go, you can make all the decisions you want for yourself. You absolutely can. You know, you could do whatever you want. And I said, but you know what, Joshua, here's what I'm going to tell you about this thing. This is an addiction of mine. It's not something I'm proud of. It actually doesn't give me any nutrients at all. It's something that I have a craving for that I'm trying very hard to quit. So I thought in my mind that I was doing you a favor by saving you from having an addiction by not letting you have it. And then he's like, oh, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And I said, yeah, there's so many people that are trying to not have soda anymore or to quit soda, but it's very, very hard because they just can't stop it. So I thought by not letting you guys drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes or do drugs or drink soda, I was doing a good thing. And he's like, no, mommy, you're right. You are doing a good thing. And, and that's how I explain it to them. One of the things is is there's a lot of parents that feel they have to mimic the behavior they want their kids to do. I agree with that to some point. Like, yes, you should be a kind person. If you want your kids to be kind, you need to be a kind person. But let's be real about your addictions, okay? If you smoke or you do drink a glass of wine or you have soda or whatever and you don't let your kids have it, don't be afraid to to use that and say, I'm an adult and I can do these things. And when you become an adult, you can do these things too if you want to. Um, don't feel like you have to explain yourself away or give your power away to a small child and say, oh, you're right, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's not like that at all. We're here to be their stewards and to help them grow. Um, I like to tell people all the time, my only job with my children is to make sure they don't die while on my watch, okay? Yeah. And then after 18, they can go out there, they can do whatever the heck they want. I've done my watch, you know, I'm a steward of this child. I'm taking care of this child. Just don't, and I would tell Nathan and Joshua, don't die on my watch. You're like, mom, stop, you know? Yeah. Um, and we do, we have fun, you know, funny conversations like that because I don't ever want them to, feel, um, protected or in a bubble. And that's another thing too, about conscious parenting is about really talking to kids. Uh, I was telling you Amanda earlier about the Sandy hook when that happened, it, you know, it was elementary school. My kids were in elementary school and the first thing I did was when they came home, I had them sit down and watch the news with me and explain to them what had happened. But I didn't say he was a bad man. There was a bad man out there. I said, you know, I pointed to my head and I said, You know, he's not feeling well up here in his mind. And in not feeling well, he decided it was a good idea to shoot these little kids, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure right now in heaven or wherever he's at, he probably thinks that's not such a good idea. But in the moment of him not being well, this is what he did. So what we need to talk about is if there was somebody who came to your school that's not well, what would you do? You know, what would you do? And then, you know, I, I told them specifically to hide and don't go looking for your brother, you know, or your friends because that's what kids want to do. They want to make sure their friends are safe or their brother is safe. And I said, you just hide and wait until a first responder comes and get you. And then, you know, trust and pray that your brother is safe and your friends are safe as well. So I, you know, there's a lot of people in the spiritual path who don't look at news. Uh, they don't want to be caught up with it. They think it's too negative. But my thing is, is you can't live in this, in this reality and not be part of this reality. Mm-hmm. We have to face it, and and the way we face it is by bringing consciousness and shining a light to it. Is how we do
0: that. Yeah, my husband is always watching the news, and I can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'm like, I just avoid, avoid, avoid. And I've hidden. I've unfollowed everyone on my Facebook feed uh, that uh, posts about any kind of news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not it good. Get, yeah, because it, it
1: can get overwhelming for
0: sure. It is. But, it really is. Yeah.
1: For me, I check in in the morning. I, I want to see what's going on. What's the latest news? What's the top headlines? Have an idea of what's going on. Make sure nothing's too close to home. Yeah. And
0: go about my day,
1: you know, and then yeah. don't really turn on the news channel anymore after
0: that. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think for me, it's hard to find that balance because everything, like I just take it uh, super personally. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it has to do with my uh, family situation or what, but I feel like I just find a lot of things very, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because uh, I'm an empath. I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I, just, I just absorb it and I just can't like shake it off for the rest of the day, so I can't.
1: Yeah, your consciousness will help with that because I'm a very strong empath. I have mm-hmm. to be to do the work that I do and working with yeah. people.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'll tell you that I'm able to see a lot more darker things in life now, but it took a lot of building and growing my energy body so that when people are going through things, I can hold space for them and not have to actually go into that. So for you and all the empaths out there, understand that you have a gift. You're meant to understand the hurt that people are going through and the pain so that you can help in your own way, whatever that looks like to you. Mm -hmm. And just allow yourself to let go with that and, and to say, all right, but now I also have to protect me and put some barriers up so I'm able to participate, but not allow it to come onto me and infiltrate me, Yeah, you know, and I can still be there for that person and, and do something in some kind of way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also watch the news. <laughs> and also watch the news, <laughs> yes. yeah. No, I understand it what you're saying your, completely. It builds yeah. your pain body, yeah, when you watch the news, it does. Yeah. It, it, isn't, it wasn't until recently that I realized how much it affects me um well within the last couple years and then that's when I've stopped and I feel I felt a lot better I do feel a lot better just not watching and when I walk into the room and my husband is watching the news I'm like oh my god I start getting like my chest is like you know starts getting yeah. tight and like I get like antsy and then I just either leave or I say are you still watching that <laughs> And he turns it off <laughs> usually turns it off when I come in but I, I'm gonna have to work on that for sure I want to go back to one thing that you um talked about about Showing your kids um, that you're, what you're doing isn't necessarily what you want for them. We grew up in a generation of, what is it? What do they, What is that phrase? Do as I say, not as I do. as I do, yeah. yeah. So that is like the phrase that everybody is going to be like, oh yeah, my parents said that to me because that's just what our parents said to us. And I think what you're doing is really amplifying and like you said, treating your child as a being and treating right. them as a soul. And explaining to them why, because that was the biggest question. Like, after somebody said that, why, you know, (laughs) like do as I say, not as I do. Why I'm an adult and you're not, and
1: just like right now, you don't have the right to vote or buy cigarettes or buy alcohol, Mm -hmm. is the same way you don't have the right to some things in this house. I know it sucks, but don't worry, you're gonna grow up and have your own life and then do whatever you want to do. And you have to give them the freedom to do that. You see, when kids hit about 14, 15, they start going through a solar plexus change. We have chakras on our body. I know some of you might have heard of that. And your solar plexus is your your chakra of power, your personal power. Well, that starts to develop around 14, 15. So that's why we we tend to call it the crazy mean years, you know, when teenagers are mean. Um, They start wearing, like, I don't know, maybe they were from this wholesome household and they start wearing, you know, black eyeliner, black nail polish and all that kind of stuff. The easiest thing and the best thing to do is just let them go through it. Because when a solar plexus is developing, the child is trying to find their own identity outside of their parents. And if you try to stifle it, then you're going to make your child one of two things. Either they're going to be very, very timid and then just let anybody tell them what to do. Or they're going to become very aggressive and lash out at you and other people too violently, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's what we're seeing with a lot of these young people committing suicide and and you know um, shootings and things of that nature. They're lashing out. They really just want to express themselves, whatever it is for them, and they're not getting the space to express who they really are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say just look out for that when they start getting to the teenage years because it's just you leave them alone. You know, I, we've all been through the stages, right? And a lot of us kind of reverted back to normal or, or whatever our sense of normal is. And we just kind of ride through it. I remember I had bangs like this high, you know, poofed <laughs> them out. And, you know, we all sorts of crazy clothing. And I'm like, thank God I'm back to like blacks, neutrals, grays, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, that neon, was a wild pink, ride. neon pink, neon green, you know, neon yeah. purple. It was just like, yeah. what was I thinking? Yeah, but, um, you just, and I'm glad that my parents never really went crazy when I went through my tattoo stage or mm-hmm. all the ways I was lashing out. They would just, they would just look at it and say, well, that's your body. That's your body. You've got to live with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're going to be the 80 year old tattooed woman. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everyone in our generation is now going to be an 80 year old tattooed woman at some point. But <laughs> exactly, That's <laughs> yeah. why I cut it down. I was
1: like, wait, I'm getting closer there. So yeah. <laughs> mean. Not adding new, new work to the, uh, the,
0: paint, the temple there. Yeah. Awesome. So do you have any other insights that um, you want to share about um, conscious parenting? You shared a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think everything that you shared is amazing. I will leave one big tip
1: for anybody who wants to start this. And that is really to follow the energy of your child. Okay, follow the energy of your child. They're not brats. If they're crying and they're upset, like take a moment, stop talking to them, just watch them, just observe them and try to put yourself in their position. A, a lot of times I've, I've healed that for so many people because they had like a baby that was fussing, fussing, fussing. And then I'm look. I'm, I step back and I'm looking at this baby fussing and I'm like, well, no wonder it's hot as hell out here. She's wearing a onesie, but that really uncomfortable diaper that's probably making her sweat, you know, and then the mom's crooking her in the arms. So now she's really hot with the extra body heat from the other person yeah. So I took the baby from this one particular person with their permission, of course, and I just had her stand up because she can, She was at the point of where she was learning to walk. Immediately she stopped crying yeah. and she couldn't go anywhere because, you know, she, she she just learned really how to stand and take a step or two, but she just really wanted relief. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was too hot. It was too hot. And then I put her under the umbrella. So that way she wasn't in the direct sun. Oh, stop crying. So. Yeah for me, following the energy is huge because your children aren't brats. They're not just having a meltdown for the sake of getting your attention, even though a lot of self-help books will tell you that. They really, There's something wrong. Now, unless, of course, you've just kind of like let your child run wild all their life so far, they might be using crying and stuff to get your attention. But even in that situation, you can tell them, if you want my attention, you have to talk to me nicely because I don't respond to people yelling at me. Yeah. And it's not going to work the first time or the second or the third, but maybe by the 13th time, they will realize I'm not getting what I want anymore by cream, screaming and crying. Yes. And you know what? It's hurting my voice. It's hurting my throat. And I don't really care to do this all the time. So, mom, can I have a piece of ice, please? Sure, you can. You know? And then they're going to realize, well, that was easier. I didn't have to go through all that. Yeah. And so I would say for a lot of parents, just follow the energy of your child, see what it is that they want. And if you're like in the middle, I've been known, I'll be on the phone, you know, doing like you, you know, doing an interview or a podcast or something. And then my children wanted something. And I would say, hold a minute, please. And I would look them straight in the face. What can I do for you? How can I help you? You know, I'm working right now, but what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, I need the fridge to open. I need something in the fridge. Okay, let me get that for you. Is yeah. that all that you need? Can I go back to work right now? I'll be with you in 10 minutes, but I need to know, do you need anything else right now? Because when I sit down, I can't get back up for 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're just laying out plans because when you when, when you say things like, well, just now in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, but then you've been saying that for 10 minutes, then the child doesn't trust. It's really going to be in a minute. And then really and truly, what child knows it's going to be, what's a minute,
0: you know? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So it, it's seeing things from their perspective. Like if you were in their position, um, and you have a poopy diaper. Would you want to be standing there in a poopy diaper? Even though like mom's talking to a friend. No, you want that thing cl- clean and cleared. Especially if you're going to grow up to be an OCD person. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to want that thing clean. So yeah,
0: it's just following their energy. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Great. Great advice all around for everything. Thank you. And, um, I hope that we can all focus on giving our children the inner peace that they need to grow up and be adults with inner peace. So. Amen that have that inner peace, I should say. Let me ask you, um, about your new retreat that's coming up, the awakened life retreat.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be in October in, um, it's close to Charlottesville, Virginia. It's Shipman, Virginia. And it's going to be, um, based off of my book. I wrote a book called the awakened life. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble or anywhere you can go online and find it. it. It was published through Balboa press publishing. And Basically, this is a guide for anybody. It's not just people in the spiritual path. It's for people who are realizing there's more to life than I know, and I'm experiencing changes, and I wanna know what these changes are. This is what this book is for. So it's kind of like a read a chapter, and then there's questions at the end of the chapter for you to journal and think about and ask you some like self-reflective questions. So the book gained popularity and then people who were reading the book wanted to come together in like a retreat setting for us to talk about the concepts of the book do some yoga do some meditation have some vegetarian living out in the mountains you know just like a really nice vibe so that's happening october 4th to the 6th it's a friday to sunday we have an early bird special before july so you know um i know those of you that are watching now or probably going to get this or listening in now are gonna get this um, after July. So I will make an exception for your people, for your audience, the Termin' Mom podcast audience, if you call in and say, hey, I wanna attend the retreat, um, but I just heard it, you know, when it aired, mm-hmm. I would honor the early bird discount for you guys. Absolutely. Oh,
0: That is awesome. Thank you so
1: much for doing that.
0: I am oh, sure you're welcome.
1: that will um, help a lot of people. For sure, yeah. Moms yeah. need breaks, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a weekend where you don't have to cook or clean, and you can just do some yoga and meditate and just relax. Yeah, I yeah. Really need
0: that. And focusing on your own inner peace—that's you know—that's a huge deal. That's one of the things that I want to bring to moms through this podcast. Is um, you know the intro says um, helping moms to get more um, wealth tranquility and multiplying the precious moments that they have with their children. So oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, those are all tied right in together. And I think we all need that. And I wish that I wasn't on the other end of the country where um, I would definitely come, <laughs> but maybe next time, if you have another one next year, I can probably swing that one.
1: <laughs> I will be, uh, we do three a year. The one in January is going to be in Virginia beach. It's a new year, new year retreat. Mm-hmm. But the one in June is at Mount Shasta, California. And that's oh. the global goddess summit. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Hiking, meditation, just psychic development, just like really fun things. Again, like a Thursday to Sunday out there in Mount Shasta. So that's out your
0: way. It (laughs) is. It's only two states away. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And then what else um, do you have for our listeners. You I have a special. Yeah, I do. I okay.
1: totally have a special. I really believe in my soul plan. My soul plan reading is the stuff. It's where it's at. It's, I am not a full-fledged astrologer. I'm going to start with that. I'm not a full-fledged numerologist. But what I did is, is I've learned over the 10 years enough to know what I need to know about my life and my life plan. So I create a soul plan reading, where I email it to you and then we have like a complimentary talk afterwards for me to go over the findings with you and it draws on your birth information so your birthday your birth time your name on your birth certificate and I do numerology astrology to figure out why are you here like what is this experience for like about for you you know and then um it's been very helpful for my clients who are like seeking they don't know where to go they don't know what to do I've always wanted to get married and have kids. I did that. Now what's next? Like, what am I supposed to do? It's very, very helpful. So the cost of that is usually regularly 205. It takes me a long time to do it. It's 10 pages, wow. but for your listeners, I'm offering it 50% off. So it would be 105 and all they would have to do is just email me okay. um, at my email that you're going to supply and just ask for a soul plan reading and then I'll set it up. And um, I just let people know be- be aware that, you know, your podcast is reaching thousands of people. So if you hear back from me and I don't do it right away, it's because it's first come first serve. So whoever contacts me first, I will work on it, you know, in good consciousness and just work on on people as they come in.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That is such an amazing blessing. It's it's definitely going to be a blessing for so many of our listeners. And uh, I think I'm definitely going to take advantage of that as well. Um, Yay! I love, you know, all of those uh, different things that I can do to find out more about what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) I have a feeling that I know what I'm supposed to be doing. um, But I always like kind of that reaffirmation that I'm on the right path and that
1: absolutely i I believe in it a hundred percent, and you can even do it for your kids because I did it for my kids, and it was so helpful in understanding like why they're here and just what they need to to get by because like one kid really needs a lot of silence, the other kid needs a lot of interaction, you know, so it's just really good in trying to figure out how to
0: work with them and honor
1: both of them at the same time.
0: Okay, well, that's great so if you have if you'd like that for either yourself or your children, um, definitely look in the show notes and then you can email Uma. Um, to request that. So super exciting. Thank, Thank you, you. Um, so much, Uma. Where is the best place for people to find you online? My website, I have two websites, but my, my personal website
1: is umalotusflower.com. Okay. So U-M-A-L-O-T-U-S-F-L-O-W-E-R.com, umalotusflower.com. If you want to know more about my business, it is lotuswellnesscenter.net. And honestly, guys, just email me you know it's it's very easy it's uma u m a at lotuswellnesscenter dot net i 'm very reachable you know yeah, um, just email me with any questions you have or anything that's going on that you'd like some help with but I, I love to help i i've been spent a decade helping people, and i don't intend to stop
0: yeah, and I can just feel that from your you know your energy and how passionate you are about what you're saying and what you're doing so Thank you for helping people and helping us uh, through this podcast. I have one last question for you. Sure. And that is, what is your favorite thing about being a mom and being able to work from home, have a flexible schedule, go to Bush Gardens later today um, with your kids? <laughs> that's, that's the one, that's the best thing. It's the freedom. Yeah. It is the freedom.
1: Working from home gives me so much freedom. Um, even working for myself. Cause if I have a long day of clients and my kid is sick and I have to go to school and pick them up, I have that opportunity to cancel on my clients, which they all understand because the majority of them are moms anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody gets like hurt feelings or whatnot. They're just like, okay, yeah, let me um, reschedule. And I have, I have the freedom to just have a very happy, peaceful life. I, I think a lot of us are just trying to cram things in, you know, and then it doesn't fit and then we become unhappy. So yeah. with, for those of you that don't get the luxury of working from home or working for yourself, I'm just going to say, do the best you can working for other people and try to create space for yourself. Like take a mental health day every now and then, you know, tell them you have the keto flu you yeah. know, or something <laughs> and, you know, and just stay home, Netflix and chill, just, just take a day off, but also spend a lot of time nurturing yourself. Every year I go away for a week by myself, no partner, no friends, no kids. Uh, Next week I'm going to Utah at a wellness resort just to soak up some sun, do some hiking and just kind of get back to me. So moms don't lose your essence of who you are. You're a beautiful person and the world needs to see that. Not the stressed out person
0: (laughs) (laughs) happening because of life. Okay. Well, I think that's great advice. I I hope we all get a momcation, um, you know, this year and the next year and, uh, I have more hope for you of doing it than I do for myself, but (laughs) because my baby is still too little, but um, I really would love that. So, and I think it's a great thing for all of us to try to strive for that. And even if it's not a week, I think even just a night or two, or I have a neighbor um, that actually does that. She'll just (laughs) go to a hotel for a night every once in a while and just leave her husband with the kids. And you know, I I definitely envy that, and I look forward to being able to do that. So
1: (laughs) it's it's so needed. And people think like you're going to do all this crazy stuff. You really just sleep and eat a lot. (laughs) It's what you
0: do. It's just just
1: getting back into
0: your your thing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Uma, for being here. Thank you for all of the uh, discounts that you gave to the audience. That's Absolutely. A, an amazing value. And um, the retreat sounds amazing. And the soul plan reading sounds amazing for even you know, yourself or your family. So super excited about that. And I'm excited to get mine
1: done. Thank you for having me, Amanda. This was fun. And God bless to everyone who was listening in and
0: happy conscious parenting. Thank you. This episode of The Determined Mom Show is brought to you by Online Marketing for Moms, the only marketing membership created especially to teach mom business owners SEO and many other marketing tools, systems, and strategies. Join today at Online OnlineMarketingForMoms.com. Use code PODCAST to get 20% off of your monthly or annual membership.